different. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, you sound. It sounded fine on the recording. Okay, great. Um, you're now a little bit quieter. Huh. Okay. But I wonder if I can turn you up. You should be able to turn me up. Try to. I hit that. I hit that thing on the side. That clicky thing. No, it's still. It's been my experience. It doesn't do anything. Output. Oh wait. No, you're on full volume. Why is that? Maybe I got to go to Skype preferences. Speakers. Hmm. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you're, you're you're fine now, but I got you turned up all the way. Oh wait, I just turned you up. Oh, I got it. Okay. I, I Don, I have I got dials. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I got a little I, I got a little thing uh, like a little wheel on my on my, my actual headphones that'll turn up some volume. Oh yeah. Which I had not done, and now Open that wheel up. Oh yeah, the wheels, and now I can hear myself in my ears. There you go. Oh, that was the problem. Wait, so this is this is different. This is this is not your AirPods Max. This is my AirPods Max. Now I can oh. now I can hear everything. Oh my oh, gosh! Turn the wheel. Oh, I turned the wheel. <laughs> Just turn the wheel. So I hear myself. There's what's it kind of insane now is I have like the noise canceling on. So all I hear is you and me. Oh, cool. There's nothing 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 else going on. Um, I I sound loud. You sound loud. I can't hear that. I know my finger's hitting a hitting some. You could probably hear it. I, I can hear it. It's yeah. probably on the recording. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <sighs> we. I did it. I have a new mic. I and I checked the recording. It sounds good. Good. You're. So you. I think. I think it's your room though. But I think you're still. Oh, my room is echoey. Yeah. I think you're still echoey. But that's that's okay. You, you're in a. You're in an echoey room. Yeah. Oh, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna do something about that. I was gonna go get my my um, I'm to call it a space blanket. I was gonna go get my uh, weighted blanket and maybe a step ladder and <laughs> try to block some stuff. I just obviously I forgot to do that. Well, hey, that's all right. Uh, I've I've finally after months, not months, I guess weeks of talking about new new equipment. I got it all set up. I'm here. I'm I'm, right. I'm yeah. So and I think we're not I think we're not effing it up. I, I mean, I don't, like, hey, here's the deal. ProView Jim has not told us that we're effing it up yet. So we. Well, well hopefully, if he, if he told us we were effing it up on this episode, then we've got bigger problems. Right. Well, because. He hasn't heard it yet. Yeah. Or. At the time we were recording this. <laughs> right. But, but we could, it could be that he is listening to it in the future sometime. And, uh, and he'll learn. I feel like I am hearing myself so loud. Like, do I sound quiet? I feel like I'm, uh, I'm trying to adjust my voice because my mic is so much better now. <clears throat> you mostly just sound froggy to me. Oh, well, that could just be me. Yeah, um, that's not the microphone. No, no, that's, that's, yeah, that's just me. Uh, okay, so oh, this, is, this is good. It's all, I got the, the booms working. I can adjust. I'm moving it. the microphone's really close to my mouth. I can move it a little bit away. <laughs> Fun with microphones, Don. Um, okay, uh, so um, I was going to tell you. Oh, hey. So since we haven't started talking about food safety things yet, um, have you? Did you watch The Crown at all? You know, because it's a it's a British show. So you just, right there, it checks a box. We it does check a box. Um, we started watching The Crown and then we stopped because my wife didn't want to watch it anymore. Or it's not. 
See, our our wheelhouse is British murder mysteries or British quirky comedies. Oh, speaking of British quirky comedies, The Cafe, which is the a, cafe, from okay. like ten years ago, um, but it's got it's got uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge in it. Oh yeah, I know her from uh, Fleabag. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but it's like before Fleabag, and she's delightful. And uh, yeah, it's the whole the whole thing is just absolutely delightful. It's really it's really good, and it's there's two there's two series as they say, and then it's done, which is sad. But uh, yeah, I it's uh, it's it's delightful. I'm gonna watch that. I uh, I've mentioned this show multiple times before, um, and I know you're not gonna watch it because it's about a bunch of Irish uh, teenagers, teenage girls, Dairy Girls, Dairy Girls. Oh man, we we rewatched all the Dairy Girls. Uh, and and it's it's still it stands up it's 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 still fantastic, so um, oh this is yeah yeah good 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 stuff. Um, what what else was I gonna tell you? I noticed on call recorder that I'm peaking, so I turned my microphone down just so you know. Ooh, did that, did okay. that make it? Do I still sound the same to you? You sound the same to me. Good, excellent. So hopefully I didn't uh, hit. Well, we'll we'll fix that in post as as they say. Uh, we we've we're we're still like in heavy hockey season of watching stuff. I, I just haven't watched anything new other than so anyway, the reason I was asking you about the crown was because um I'm pretty sure none of the royals listen to food safety talk. I mean I wouldn't rule it out. Right. But, but um the 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 portrayal of uh Prince Charles in in the most recent series this is, I, I believe, we're in series five or season five of The Crown. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a very nice person. Um, yeah, and and I really, I, re- I really like the. Um, I, oh wait, no, season four. I was yeah. I, yeah, I was too. I was too far ahead. Season four. I really like the Queen, um, mm-hmm. but uh, but Prince Charles, he's not. Uh, he's not my kind of guy. He's kind of, he's a little bit whiny, a little bit, mm. uh, uh, yeah. And, and I realized that this show is not, right. there's there's um, a creative license, uh, to, yes. right? Because it's not like, it's it's not a documentary. Um, right. There's not, the you know, many of these conversations, are, there weren't recordings of them, like the Watergate tapes uh, that, that, that we know of. Um, so, so it's, I don't know if that's, if that's really, but he's not very likable and it is transferred not, you know, not that I'm, uh, um, what, uh, uh, what do they call people who really like the uh, British Royals? Are they, they're not Anglophiles. That's something who just likes English things. Right. Right. <laughs> but the, I'm not, what, whatever that is, the, I, I'm, it's not like I'm a person who's really into the Royal family, but I really have not liked Charles in real life because of the way he's portrayed in the crown. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Is that should I? I think that might be uh, that might not be like good. Should I not? It's only a television show, Ben. <laughs> I mean, it's it's based on reality. I don't. I had no feeling before. Is what I'm saying. Like, uh, uh, right. Uh, oh, so you've gone from being ambivalent uh, about the prince to disliking him actively. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> disliking a person who is being portrayed by an actor in a like based on. Uh, true story, semi-fictional, creative license show. Yes, yes. Is that a problem? That's what I'm asking you. I- that's one for your therapist, I think. <laughs> that's, look, um, I don't have my bell, but um, that's why you're here, Don. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, so we we finished uh, season four of The Crown, not season five, um, and uh, and I, I it it was uh, it has been one of those shows where after we've finished an episode, I I continue to think about it because there's all these like historical mm. things that they talk about, and this is one where I can't get past my dislike of Charles um, today. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 I yeah. So, anyway, The Crown. Um, I understand why you stopped watching it. I mean, just in in general, like it's it's not that I love it, but I I I invest in these shows and I need to finish them. Um, well, there and there, I'm a finisher um, as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's um, uh, uh, yeah, it's not it's not really up to me as I as I said no, before. Right. And I I could there there there. What I was gonna say is there's a lot of people that really like it, and that's fine. I mean, it's good. It's good to be interested in in culture and. You know, it's it's good. I mean, it's uh, you know, we should watch good TV. Actually, you know, uh, that would be good. So, right, we should, right. we should watch watch good TV. And it's a historical reenactment of uh, of things that had happened uh, in in somewhat recent history, which I like. I like that too. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I, it's kind of um, that's it's it's the type of show that I that I enjoy. Um, so, the other like exciting non food safety thing that's happened um, in the last. A couple of days is the and and this is I I wanted to see if you've actually um, uh, uh, checked this out but the spatial mm-hmm. audio Apple Music thing have you read have you first of all have you read about it do you know what I'm talking about uh, are you talking about uh, Dub Dub <laughs> well so it was it was actually before Dub Dub there was an right. announcement that that the Apple Music Store would be moving to lossless high quality um, uh, audio for a whole bunch of different, um, like 20 million songs or something, okay. mil- millions of songs. And then after dub dub, they, uh, a- Apple released it and launched it in the Apple music store. And so yesterday I spent most of my day listening to music that I, that I love, like things that, you know, the, um, you know, the Rolling Stones and the, and the Beatles and the Beastie Boys and Sublime and um, just a variety of, you know, not not new music, but old music, but listening to it with um, high quality and spatial audio. And I'm obsessed with it. Okay. It is. It, is it, are you obsessed with the high quality or are you obsessed with the spatial? But audio? I, I, I can't parse it out, Don. I'm obsessed with them both. I think the. Okay. And this is through your iPod. Uh, iPod. Pods Max. Well, I, I did it. It's it's for all. It's through all the AirPods. It's through, okay. Yeah. AirPods. Yeah. The I, iPods Max is. Uh, I believe you're talking about an. Uh, that's just an iPad. Is it? Different thing. <laughs> it's it. yeah. AirPods. AirPods Max. And you and you. So so here's the thing. I really. I was hoping. I was hoping for some hardware announcements at Dub Dub. Mm-hmm. Um. And there weren't any. And I'm really hoping for a hardware announcement about new AirPods because I have the AirPods. Pro 2, I yes, think. Yes. Whatever. I've got no, they're not Pro. I've got the AirPods 2. Um, but No, you got the mine, pros. You got you got huh? you, you have pros. Do I? No. I don't oh I, so God. I, you know, Apple really needs to get better at naming things. I have the I have the, li- the little things that go in your ears, the newest ones. With the okay. black they got some black on them with the little microphone. Yes. Yeah, not yes. not the ones that just go straight down like a like an earring. They <laughs> You get the okay. short ones, the short guys. Shorties, the shorties, shorties. short boys. Airpo- yes. Airpod uh-huh. short boys. Air, air. Yeah. 
shorty shorty boys um so i have i have those but i have uh, i've had them for a while and my ears not just overshared men but my ears are a little bit waxy and i and i somehow something is messed up with them so if i turn on uh transparency mode or noise cancellation i get this high-pitched hum and i've cleaned them and and i can't can't get it to work i I, i've tried spatial audio with them and it doesn't doesn't really do anything for me i I hadn't been able to notice that it did anything so so yeah i don't i mean i'm glad that you're excited (laughs) have have you done spatial audio to watch something on an ipad at all i don't think so oh don you're missing out it's like a it tracks your head so so if you you've got your ipods uh, ipod we keep saying that uh, your um airpods your airpods in in your ipad set up and you got your air airpod pros in it makes you sat, feel like you're not wearing headphones because all of the sound is coming from like w- the direction uh instead of just in your ears it tracks where your head is in relation to your phone or your iPad. So it's emanating from something, which is the most bizarre situation. And I love it. So it, 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 it just sounds, you, I've watched a couple of movies, um, a couple of Marvel movies because they've got big explosions and lots of, you know, loud things and things are coming in from different sides. And it's, mm. it really does feel like the, the sound is moving from the back of your head when a plane flies over to way out in front of you. Like, it feels like you are in that hmm. space. It, I mean, yeah. Okay, so I'm interested in how you're cleaning your, your AirPods. I wonder if you're just not um, – you, maybe something's wrong with your AirPods. Well, there is that humming thing. So, like I said, I can't I can't do transparency or noise cancellation because they hum, right? Mm. So, for sure, there's something wrong with them. Um, and I did I did eventually I got new um, new the little soft uh, ear air tip things. Oh yeah, ear tip things. I got replacement for those, and that's good. So I'm happy about that. But I really want new ones, uh, but I don't want to get new old ones. I want to get the new new ones, but the new new ones haven't been released. There aren't so. new new ones yet. There's only new old ones. Or do right. new current ones. Old new ones. Oh, old yeah. new ones. Old new ones. Do, do you have a care pod? <laughs> I just sent you a text. I, I just saw this link, yes. <laughs> it, I do not. It's the world's first and only electric earphone cleaning device compatible with AirPods and the AirPod Pros. And it's, it's I don't know what it is. It's a box that you put your AirPods in and it, and it cleans them. It says uh, maintains the factory audio quality. Remove, remove bacteria. Clean earwax buildup. Eliminate mesh blockage from dirt in your wax, and it's got a 30-day money-back guarantee. I can't vouch for this. Don't know if it works, um, but I. So I one of the uh, one of the websites that I frequent had a, a sale on these recently, or at least announced that there was. It's only forty nine ninety five now. Did they don't sponsor us? Um, so, but yeah, CarePods. So you could you maybe yeah, that's a lot of people that really like this. Um, I I wonder if these are real reviews. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Scott D says CarePod is awesome. Bought a couple for the whole office. <laughs> so okay. sounds like multiple people are using the same CarePod. I don't think I'm into that. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> we got the CarePods here. I think that defeats the whole purpose. Yeah, everybody stand up and and let's mix your earwax together. <laughs> um, so it's uh, such a cool product, especially if you watch the hack video. Even cleans the, cleans the old and super dirty earbuds. Two well, love it. Thanks. It's great, Scott. So I have uh, I have clicked on the how it works tab, um, 
And interestingly enough, Ben, the how it works tab does not really explain how it works. It just says how to operate it. it just says how it, how it do. How you work. How you work yeah. in cleaning. How you, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I, rather than spend 50 bucks on this, I think I'm going to take those, that 50 bucks, I'm going to put it in some Apple stock, and I'm going to wait, and then when the new pods come out, I'm going to get them. I, I don't know, Don, that seems like you're skipping over step, step seven of how it works, which is at the <laughs> bam. end, bam, squeaky clean AirPods earphones. <laughs> bam. Yeah. Bam. CarePod, yeah, this is a flashy, great website. Um, <laughs> good good stuff. I, and I just Googled AirPod cleaner. That was it. That's what it was. AirPod wax cleaning. Well, they're, they've, they've optimized their Google, that's for sure. They got the SEO. Um. That, I'm disappointed in in for you, not in you. I'm disappointed for you that you're, okay. you're not getting the full spatial audio experience. It, it's it's great. Um, huh. Well, let me. I, I would I would like to tell you about something I like. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Actually, I want to tell you about two things I like. But I did. I, I do. So speaking of tech tech gadgets that I have been playing with recently, and I don't know if we talked about this, but I bought a uh, ScanSnap. Uh, which is a digital scanner okay. because I've gone all in on paperless. And oh, yeah, yeah. I, I might have mentioned um, uh, David Sparks' uh, field notes. Um, yes. And I did get his field notes, which I have to say, I mean, I like, I like uh, not field notes. What's it called? The one that, that you write on it and it goes and you take a picture no. of it. Is that the one? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Okay, you go. You find it. I'll tell I, you what I'm thinking I, of. Oh God, uh, uh, Sparks notes. Spark notes. That's not it either. That's not a David, study guy. David Sparks. David Sparks. Jesus, uh, what has happened to the show, Ben? Uh, paperless. Uh, yes, the paperless course. Remarkable. Uh, Is that it? That's something just, different. Just keep shouting random. Field guide. Not field notes. People have been shouting field guide. Field guide. The paperless field guide, which was fine. I was really hoping to get, I guess I got, I got $29 worth out of it. Um, David doesn't listen to this show, but it was fine. Um, anyway, I got I got a scan snap. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to rock at reasonable notebook. This you. is what I was thinking of. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Uh, no, I don't want that. I have a I have a, a, a actual field notes and I have an iPad uh, and an iPod and uh, or I, iPhone <laughs> and a scan snap. Anyway, I'm I've gone all in on the paperless world. Uh, it's been taking me a while to get organized with that, but I started on that today uh, and scanning stuff. And I'm gonna make some Hazel rules to process stuff out of the the, the folder it scans to. So anyway, that, that, so that's fine. It's a big, it's, it's a, it's another, it's bigger. It's, well, it depends. If I hold my, if I hold my AirPods close to my face, it's as big as the scan snap. If it's about a foot from my face, but anyway, the scan snap's bigger. It's sitting farther away on my desk. We should start the show. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're, I feel like this is it's in the show. It's in the show. So I just sent you something that I almost bought. And I didn't after I asked around something called Rocket Book, which is a smart, reusable notebook that uh -huh. you write things with like a pen on it and then it mm -hmm. erases it. But then also you you scan it and it mm -hmm. somehow uh, takes your text and makes it um, electronic. And it's it's like the reason why I didn't buy it is it does the same thing as what my iPad does with the pencil, like with the Apple exactly. Pencil. So. Exactly. 
with like uh, one less step, I think. Right, right. With yeah, with no no pick. And um, you know, speaking of dub dub, did you see that the next like um I- iOS 15 is going to have something called real live text, I think it is, where you can take a picture and it will um, like a picture of a whiteboard, which I do all the time when I happen to be in a space that was not my home office with a whiteboard. And it uh, will uh, take the, that text and put it electronically. So you'll have a picture, but also you'll have editable text in, in a, in, from live text, it's called. In, in yeah, a, so yeah. I, I watched the second half of the keynote, um, and then I've listened to one and a half podcasts about it. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm mostly up to speed. Um, and so one, okay. So let me, let me just uh, recalculate that. So you, let's say you've, that's two full things you did one and a half, no, half of the keynote and then one and a half podcast, put those together. You did two, two dub dub things. Right. I listened to half. I listened to a podcast and I listened to a half another thing. So it's like, I've heard the keynote twice. Right. Right. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't do any of those. All I did was read articles about it. It's funny how we we consume things differently, right? Like we, I, I huh? oh for sure. I'm a. I've got a. I I use Apple News a lot, and I've got. All, I'm following like right now in my Apple News. Let's just say it's 40 over 120 sources. That, that I'll scroll through. Like what I used to do with a browser, I would have, um, you know, my favorites and I would just go to those home pages. Now, a- Apple News kind of curates the things and they do topic areas and stuff. So all of all of my consumption of DubDub comes from that. So, Interesting. yeah, so I, I like follow, there's an Apple that does a whole bunch of Apple stuff, but then I also like really like to get in there with um, nine to five Mac and cult of Mac and mm-hmm. uh, Mac, Mac, uh, Daily, Mac. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. So, so my, my strategy is not to do that. I have a subscription to the Washington Post, and so I get headlines from the Washington Post, which I either delete or I sometimes read, um, and then I listen to podcasts. And I have to yeah. say, um, uh, friends, friends of the show, um, uh, Alex and Kathy, uh, Mrs. Soup, uh, Alex Cox, and Kathy Campbell. I almost forgot her last name, which is funny because I remember her. The name is Mrs. Soup. Um, uh, their episode 41 of Roboism called Dub Dub K, which I highly recommend. And then that's the one that I've fully listened to. And then the other one that I'm halfway done listening to, I think most, probably more than half, um, is Accidental Tech Podcast. Um, but I have to tell you, um, I typed in ATP Pod, and the second hit is the Accidental Tech Podcast. The the first hit is the Sniper Advanced Training Pod ATP by Lockheed Martin. I see that? I don't know. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's um, a... but that is a, that is not a thing that I listen to or that I, I would support. Uh, yeah. But I, but I certainly would support uh, Accidental Tech Podcast. So, I, oh, I... and speaking of supporting Accidental Tech Podcast, one this is going to be a brilliant segue, Ben. Um, one of the ways that I supported them is by buying a T-shirt <gasps> and. You know what people could do for our show? They're not going to support us, okay? Because we aren't actually going to make any money with this. <laughs> but we're going to sell T-shirts. We certainly are. Um, and you're going to tell people where they can get T-shirts. Uh, <laughs> I sure am. In, in a in a second. Um, but yeah, we I you know we've been talking about this for for a while. Um, we don't we don't make. Um, 
we we don't have sponsors on this program and we don't make any money off of it. We do this as part of our job as um, uh, the uh, like extension specialists that we are. Um, and we have two different pod, uh, podcast t-shirts because we do two different podcasts. <laughs> and so um, these are, Don's going to tell you where you can get them in a minute, but um, one of them is a red food safety talk uh, t-shirt that is uh, entitled Food Safety Talk 2021 because we used to have older Food Safety Talk t-shirts that were from like t- 2013 or 14. And I think maybe we'll have 2022 ones, but it's red and it says it's complicated and it depends. And it's got the uh, the thermometer uh, logo. And then we also have another um, uh, t-shirt for our other t- uh, our other show, Risky or Not. Um, and it says, uh, we do our best not to dither. And it's got the really cool graphic that uh, Kevin Budnick um, uh, drew for us uh, on that on that shirt as well. And so, yeah, these are um, I'm I'm excited I'm excited for these. Um, so people can can buy them. Um, and uh, but you know it's not a it's not contributing to anything. It's it's just the I can't remember what the the source is for this. And Don will tell you in a second. But they it's basically uh, it's cost neutral. Whatever it costs to make the shirt, that's how much it costs. But but now we got our well, we got t-shirts. And now that I now that I promoted this, I went to the so we were doing them through Cotton Bureau. That's it. And now that we promoted them, um, I'm I, I am trying to make this available for public view, and it is not working. <laughs> but probably by the time we post this uh, show, the you can you'll be able to. Uh, search Cotton Bureau for food safety talk and well, we'll, we'll put we'll put the link in the show notes. Um, but I yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure. I'm now I'm a little I'm a little uh, concerned um, that that this is not going to work um, now that we've spent some time talking about it. Well, there'll either be show notes or there won't be. Or no, there'll definitely be show notes. There'll either be a link there or they won't. There won't be. Um, but we we're working on on t-shirts. <laughs> yes, we're working on t-shirts and maybe you'll hear from us. Right. And maybe you'll be wearing it. Maybe we'll see someone wearing and it's a, it's complicated and it depends t-shirt, uh, at some point. Um, so yeah, that was, that, that was really, uh, really exciting. Um, and, uh, we'll, you know, every once in a while people do really cool stuff for our, our show. And, uh, I, I ordered some, some t-shirts to send them to them. Um, so there, I, I've been delinquent in this, there, there are at least three people who I have uh, a drafts note who I said, I will, I'm going to send you a t-shirt and now we have ordered t-shirts and I will actually do that and you won't need to pay for those. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to make some, some, uh, t-shirts and I like them and they're, um, the, the thing that, that mattered to me, Don, with these t-shirts, uh, was that they were tri-blend. Because I really mm-hmm. like the feel of a tri blend T-shirt, and so we got we got some tri blends. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Also, can I give a shout out to Mary Avalak? Do you mind? Sure, Mary. Mary um, on the Safe Plates team at NC State, on my team, she uh, designed these for us. So I, I gave her um, uh, very little direction and said, you know, you know, the podcast. Can you make us a couple of cool T-shirts? And she did. So thanks to thanks to Mary for um, for putting a design together as well. Good, good segue. Can I come back to something? Uh, that, that, yes. In that, fact, I think I may have solved the, This is real-time follow-up. I might have solved the problem. We just have to give a description of the T-shirt. Oh, uh, T-shirts that uh, are for podcasts. Next. Next. <laughs> this is like the game that I play when, um, you know, here's the nuance of the world of uh, academia. When I charge something to my 
my purchase card, um, my P card as it's known in our, our business, uh, but, but to the credit card that is run through the university, uh, I need to provide business purposes for things. And one of the things that I, uh, I, I have uh, an, like an, a monthly um, uh, charge is for the New York Times. And um, it's because although my library subscribes to the New York Times, it updates it the day afterwards. So it's like the New York past times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not real time. So if there's an article like on food safety that I need to know about and I've read more than 10 food safety articles, um, I, I need to have a subscription. So anyway, I, I do. Um, but every month I make up a new business purpose for because I find it somewhat hilarious mm-hmm. that someone wants mm-hmm. to know what the business purpose is for the New York Times. And I will read to you um, what I use for a business purpose. Uh, let's say I think it was today. Uh, because I, I make myself laugh uh, sometimes with these. Um, it's, uh, where is it? Don, um, the business reason why I need the New York Times. The New York Times is the leading media outlet in the world. Due to the work I do responding to media inquiries for food safety, I need access to all material that is there using an easy pathway to the articles. So, and I just like, like literally every month I have to make up a business purpose for these things. No, yeah, I'm not, 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 not over complaining. Um, so, uh, Uh, so I just, just on the topic of sharing, um, the idiocy that is our universities, I'm asked to provide a quote unquote business decision, uh, or a business, sorry, business justification, um, every time we buy something. Mm -hmm. So like if we're buying laboratory supplies, um, I write something like we need these supplies so that we can do experiments in our laboratory and doing experiments in our laboratory is our job. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. I, it, it, it is. And, and the thing I, I bet that, well, I don't think anybody listens to this um, other than us and some of our uh, food safety friends and some people that have stumbled across this, but um I, has anyone ever asked for further justification on something like that? Because I, I, I kind of like, it's not that I make it up. I, this right. is what it is, but it's the same thing every, or it's a different thing every time. And I try to, um, yeah, I don't know, like have a little bit of fun with it, but no one's ever asked. They're like, we need a business purpose. Okay. Yeah. Like when I ordered the t-shirts that we'll send out, um, someone asked a business purpose. Well, these are promotional items for food safety podcasts for listeners. The food safety podcast is something I do as part of my work as an extension person. Right. Business purposes. Um, so, uh, so we, I, I think I, I hear you working away on our, um, on, on our t-shirts. So my guess is that we will, uh, have a link to how to purchase t-shirts in. Well, so n- no, oh. I'm sending, I'm sending a message to tech support because <laughs> I don't know what to do. Um, okay. it does say if you've never sold a t-shirt before, um, you, you, there might be another step or something. So I don't, but I can't figure out what that would be. So, yeah. all right. Well, well, you do that. Um, we we can talk about some some other stuff. Oh, that was a I got an interesting sound in my in my ears. I don't Sorry, know. that's me. Oh. 
was, I said something and then it was like, it was almost like I was on a TV show and someone that was, was like, me, oh. that was me sending an email. I'm sorry. That's all right. I hate it when that happens on podcasts. I wish there was a way, I wish there was a way for all of those sounds to not, I guess there's probably a way. Anyway, <laughs> please is. email Ben. Yeah, I think you can do that. Email, um, email text report. Uh, did, can I get can I get all the sounds except for the sound that I need to leave? Uh, so um, let me see. There is a couple things. Oh, hey, uh, um, there's uh, I as as every day we do this or not every day every week we do this. Um, I try to um, you know uh, spend a, a, I don't know half an hour or so before we record thinking about, Oh, what are the things that I want to talk about? And you mm-hmm. do this throughout the week sometimes or throughout That's the couple usually weeks. the way. Yeah. yeah. You, you do it as it hits you. And I set aside specific uh, time to do it. So one thing that I wanted to talk about was um, we talked in the last episode about, or maybe two episodes ago about hacking, right? The ransom uh-huh. ransomware hacks. So now it's getting a little closer to home. Um, well, it was two episodes ago because we were talking about how I had a gas day because of the hack. Yes. Um, and I say it's a little closer to home because uh, with some uh, there was a beef company that got hacked, and they they paid eleven million dollars. Did you Whoa. see? Did you see this? I did not see yeah. this. No. So JBS. Um, th- oh, I know JBS. I, yeah, they're big, big world's world's largest um, beef supplier. I think they're uh, headquarters in Brazil, but they own many, many different beef um, packers and processors throughout North America as well. So this is from uh, an article uh, from uh, NBC News. Whoa, okay, so sorry. So let, let me let me give you some advice here. Uh, submit your design. We take a look and decide if it's right for us. Fair warning: we reject up to ninety percent of submissions. Oh no. So this may be why it has not been accepted yet. They don't like our submission. What did they give you? A, did they just? No, they didn't say they didn't like it. They just didn't offer an opinion. Right. They're indifferent. They're ambivalent to our t-shirts. Yeah. Well, it doesn't say. Yeah, it doesn't say the design has been rejected. It just it's, says it's we pending? reject ninety percent of submissions. Oh. Well. Well, hopefully we'll. I think by the time we post this, we will have. It may not be Cotton Bureau. May not be Cotton Bureau. But we'll have there will be a place where people can order T-shirts. That yes. is that is our goal. Uh, okay, so so JBS, largest beef supplier in the world, they were shut down. Eleven million dollars they paid to the to the to the hackers to the ransomware folks. Um, they were hacked in May by Re- Re- Revel Re Evil from the dark web. I'm guessing. Um, mm-hmm. one of a number of Russian speaking hacker gangs, <laughs> Russian speaking. <laughs> I think you mean Russian speaking hacker gangs, Russian, Russian speaking hacker gangs. Yeah. Um, leading meat plants across the U S and Australia to shut down for at least a day. Um, and, uh, so, uh, re revel revel re evil. They've met, uh, they've made, uh, millions in recent years in hacking organizations. JBS indicated it was able to get most systems up and running. It chose to pay to keep its files safe. So um, that was that, that was like the 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 you know postscript on this on this hack. But there was a cool article that I saw um, from a couple of days ago in um, HuffPo in the Huffing, Huffington mm-hmm. Post 
that is entitled what the JBS meat hack means for consumers, pricing and food safety. Mm. So what do you think it means for food safety, Don? I don't think, I don't know what it means. What? Yeah. So what I, this is kind of what I wanted to talk about what, and I'm not going to give you the answer yet um, mm-hmm. on, on what it means uh, based on this, uh, the HuffPo article, but you know, think about, uh, you, you know, you've been to a, a, a food, any food manufacturing plant, right? You've got a lot of automated systems. We don't know what what got hacked. Like if mm-hmm. it was because in the, um, I think in the the uh, gas company pipeline uh, one, it was they they lost access to be able to bill people. So it wasn't about mm-hmm. like the safety of the gas. But I wonder, you know, what could not not that we're giving a, a an instruction book to um, Russian speaking hacker gangs, um, but what what do like you know what what do you think what could go wrong in your mind in terms of food safety? Yeah. Well, I guess if you have automated systems that are doing something for food safety, and then you get locked out of those systems, you've got to do everything manually. That's the that's the first thing that occurs to me. Yeah, that would be bad, right? Like, in, and you think about um, in a in a meat processing plant, I I would think that there is some automation on um, movement of the product. Um, there's probably some automation related to um, mixing of the sanitizing chemicals, um, and even even the um, the carcass wash material that that's happening. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I would think that some of that is, is like, auto, you know, auto injected, um, you know, lactic acid or, or chlorine or whatever they're using for the, for the washes. Um, so there, I like to that, that stuff would be bad. I, I think the, the cold storage is probably more of a spoilage issue, but you know, if, if all of a sudden you were locked out of your cooler system, and 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 those those temperatures went kind of crazy. I think that would be a problem. Now, I'll give you the answer. Nothing. Well, according to Huffington Post, it appears the shutdown didn't affect the food safety of the products that left JBS during that time. And this is why, as neither JBS nor the Department of Agriculture's Food Safety and Inspection Service have issued any recalls or statements that the food is unsafe to eat. So we haven't heard about anything. Huffington Post reached out to JBS, but hadn't heard back by the time the story was published. So I was really excited to see some like it was in the headline. What does this mean for the food safety? And and first of all, it, it's not that it doesn't mean anything. It's that we it, we just don't have any indication uh, of it. Um, but they do talk about um, and this is from um, uh, Ravi Jadeja, a uh, food safety expert with OSU's Robert M. Kerr Food and Agricultural Product Center, said the automated nature of the industrial livestock production facility and food processing centers could be its bu- biggest weakness. Um, so many automatic machines are controlled by software. If a hack occurs, they could be shut down, could harm plant workers if they're tampered with. It also disrupts the safety measures that companies are required to use when processing food. Um so it's you know the the documentation aspect is something that uh, that Ravi uh, highlights here. Uh, he said the chemical antimicrobial agents in the food industry used to remove microorganisms from food could also be tampered with, making those foods unsafe to eat. And I think that's what what you and I had talked about. So this is you know the that the hacking ransomware stuff has been now you know the it, it affected me because of gas day, but I hadn't thought about it as it relates to 
food manufacturing and food processing. And this is, uh, I don't know, it's like something that could, um, if, if, if you're only looking for ransom and it's releasing data, then, then, you know, that's, that's good. That's probably not impacting the food system. If it's hacking and then that's, um, changing or uh, making it unavailable, ma- making the system unavailable for the technology that's needed for food safety. That now we got a whole bigger problem on our on our hands, and I haven't really thought about that um, until this until this came up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just an interesting one. It hadn't even occurred to me that there would be there would be potential food safety knock on. But I guess and JBS is saying in this case there has not been. Right, 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 right. Um. Okay, the other one. This one might take. This one might take a little longer. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the other big thing I wanted to talk about is uh, something that I put into um, the uh, the Dropbox, and I'll send you. I think. Do I know how to do this? I can't send you the link anymore, but I'll give you the headline that you can. Hang on. I'll, I'll I'll read the headline. Uh, okay. this, this this is FSIS issues public health alert for frozen raw breaded stuffed chicken products due to possible salmonella contamination. So this is from about a week ago. Um, it's a it's a health alert. It's not a recall. Um, so USDA is issuing a health alert due to concerns about illness caused by salmonella enteritidis that may be associated with frozen, raw, breaded, and pre-browned stuffed chicken products. These items may be labeled chicken cordon bleu, chicken with broccoli and cheese, or chicken Kiev. I like all of these types of products, by the way. Yeah. Oh, I, I did. I did see this, and he, it's like it's just, this is the same thing all over again, right? I mean, this is this is not new. It's not new, but what's new to me is that they're not recalling the food. And, oh, and I think I think this is why. So I highlighted this in. Um, in the doc. Um, so there's a cluster of illnesses so that it's not just a po- like, it's not a positive test on these products. The, these products, we have talked about them. Um, and I'll, I'll send you a link on to a study that we did, um, by bringing in individuals to our, to, uh, who's in the kitchen with Dinah, uh, facility to observe people, um, making these items from frozen to see if they use thermometers and and seeing if we could change practices around thermometer use. Um, so the the interesting part to me is this: FSIS suspects that oh, so there are there's a illness cluster. FSIS suspects suspects not suspects <laughs> suspects that there may be a link between frozen raw breaded and pre pre brown stuffed chicken products and this illness cluster based on epidemiology. Right. So info gathered in conjunction with CDC. We don't have that that info yet. Cases have been identified with the illness onset dates ranging from February 21st to May 7th of 2021. Part of the investigation, Minnesota Department of Agriculture, who does really good work in this area, probably has identified all the raw frozen chicken uh, outbreaks that have occurred in the U.S., Um they started sampling um, products from retail stores. Raw sample, raw product samples tested positive for the outbreak strain of Salmonella enteritidis. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. At, at this time, the production lots tested in Minnesota are not known to be purchased by any of the case patients. So, so let, let, here's here's how I'm reading this. We have illnesses. We went out and found 
at this salmonella enteritis in products similar to what people ate. Not the exact ones that they ate or the exact Oof. lots. And I think that's why there's a recall. There's no recall. Okay. Like, Makes sense. But well, yeah. yeah, but I think it's also, I don't know. Like, so if we know that some of these product samples have this salmonella enteritis on it and it's a frozen product, right? It's not a perishable product. I would hazard a guess that if I went into my freezer right now, I absolutely have frozen items from a variety of different retailers that are older than February of 2021, like that are a year old because they're in my freezer and I really don't, I use them when I, when I don't want to, you know, when I'm looking for convenience on cooking some of these, some of these products. Um, and so I, I just like, I don't know. It's weird to me that, that there were retail stores that had the actual outbreak strain and that there, but there still was not a recall. And I, and I guess the difference, this is the nuance that I want to talk to you about is do you like, do you, do you see a difference between a health alert and a recall at all? Well, they're obviously different, right? Um, yeah, and it's it's weird. It says here, therefore, FSIS does not have the necessary information to request a recall. Yeah. So that is uh, that is quite bizarre. They found the outbreak strain in the product, just not the batches in question. But, um, why, but why not recall the batches that they did find it in? Well. Right, like, because it's not required to be salmonella free because it's a raw product. Yes, yeah, but right? you got the and, out- yeah, and the and the outbreak. So, the, yeah, they uh, it doesn't make it does it, it almost makes sense. It almost see that's because they're they're yeah. sick people. Yeah, they're sick people. But well, but what what they're saying what I guess what they're saying is well we have we have sick people. That are made sick with this strain, which we also found in the product, but not in the in the package, in, not in the, the the lots that people ate. So therefore, they might not have gotten sick from those lots. Yep, because they don't have the smoking gun. But there very often there will be recalls, even when there is no definitive link. Right, right. right. The, the fact that you can't find it in the product. What's weird here is that they found it in product from different. They found the outbreak strain in the same product from different lots. Yep. Because I, I could have sworn you would have situations where they there would be a recall, even if they didn't find the organism in other lots. Right. Right. That's the weird thing about it. Right. But if you look back, I'm going to send you a link. And maybe this is something that that we I, I just haven't thought about or haven't been following. So the link that's coming your way is is um mm-hmm. the the list of recalls and public health alerts from FSIS. So yeah. we've got this one. The one before was it actually was a recall, and it was due to misbranding and undeclared allergens. The one before that was a recall due to misbranding and undeclared ingredients. One before that was a public health alert for frozen cooked diced poultry products due to possible listeria contamination. This is one that was linked to um, fully cooked chicken meat, but there were no illnesses associated with it. The one before that was recalled for fish products produced without the benefit of inspection. 
Um, the one before that is recall recalling uh, another product without the benefit that was produced without the benefit of inspection. Um, I actually have to go back to um, where is it? I did this earlier. It goes back quite a way before we actually find a recall for products that led to illnesses. And this is like um, for matter. Where is it? Here we go. It was from JBS from, from here we go. This is the JBS uh, episode, I guess from April 16th, 2021. Um, we have, and, and I, maybe I'll answer my own like question here is, um, JBS USA food company recalls imported boneless beef products due to possible E. Coli 0157H7 contamination. E. Coli 0157H7 is an adulterant. So this product is uh-huh. being recalled because it's an adulterated product, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the difference. Ah, oh, man. So Salmonella I, is not an adulterant. Yeah, as much as Bill Barler would like to make it one. And if right, and and so as we go back and forth, back here, another uh, public health alert for raw ground turkey linked to salmonella illnesses. It's a public health alert, not a recall. Um, and so it, it like I guess I've just missed this. That that and maybe maybe there are some folks at FSIS um, or within the industry that can tell us a little bit more about this, but it looks like there are, are not recall there. There are not recalls for non adulterated raw or partially cooked foods from FSIS. They're public health alerts. So yeah, we, because, because you can't, because it's, it's, it's a raw product, right? I think yeah. that fundamentally that's what it comes down to. It's a raw product. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess that's it. So um, how does this get handled at a retail store though, right? Like, can I go get, would, like, does it matter to name, you know, any one of our friends in the grocery, um, uh, you know, industry, do you think that they are going to stock something that's got a health alert on it? Are they pulling it off their shelves? I don't know. Like, you know, even in this, What's what's really fascinating about this um, public health alert that the one that started on this? Do you see any name of a business? I'm giving you the. Um, oh, um, no, right. Weird, right. isn't that? Isn't, that's that's totally different for me. So, yeah. um, and, and in fact, we don't have any um, information here on FSIS's website. But Don, being the investigative podcast reporter I am, <laughs> I submit to you CDC's in, uh, investigation details of these illnesses, and. Um, in the laboratory data, it says the Minnesota Department of Agriculture collected testing five collected for testing five raw frozen breaded stuffed chicken products from a grocery store where an ill person purchased these products. The outbreak strain was identified in two samples of Kirkwood's chicken cordon bleu. Oh, hmm. it, it's a real like I don't know I I, I feel like this kind of highlights I've been, I've been working with. Um, with Stop Foodborne Illness, the um, mm-hmm. advocacy group 
um, on recall modernization. And this is a really interesting case study for me in that, that work where I, so if I, if I'm not in the food safety world and I see a health alert for frozen raw breaded stuffed chicken products, but it doesn't have a name of a company or it doesn't give me a picture of what these products look like. I don't know if this matters to me at all. First of all, what does a health alert mean? And what is a frozen raw breaded stuffed chicken product? Like, do I know that my, you know, Kirkwood's chicken cordon bleu is a frozen raw breaded stuffed chicken product? I don't know. I mean, I, 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 is this good? Like to me, I don't think this is really good communication. Um, and, and it takes even like me as a food safety person, it took me like five or eight clicks and searches to find what I, what I was looking for, which was, okay, so someone knows that they found some, this outbreak strain in a product. Cause it says it in this, you know, someone in Minnesota tested it, but what was the product and why don't we know about it? Why isn't it in the FSIS announcement? I'm sure there is a ton of stuff going on behind the scenes that, that led to this, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how we got here. Yeah. And so I've just been doing a little bit of searching on the FSIS website and you can filter results, right? So I've filtered for product contamination and high class one recall. Okay. And I'll just read through the list. Um, um, uh, boneless beef, E. coli 157H7, right? Ready to eat ham, salmonella. Well, it's ready to eat. Can of salmonella ready to eat, right? Ready to eat meat and poultry because of listeria. Okay. Um, not ready to eat pepperoni, hot pockets, but foreign matter, glass and plastic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Nestle, Lean Cuisine, baked chicken meals, foreign matter. Um, beef, 0157H7. Not ready to eat chicken and turkey, foreign matter. Uh, frozen, not ready to eat chicken, foreign matter. Frozen sausage breakfast burrito, foreign matter. Uh, uh, salads due to E. coli 157H7. So, so I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's foreign matter, yep. right? Plastic and glass, or it's a ready to eat with any pathogen or it's E. coli in uh, anything. Right. And I, and I think it comes down to, it's an adulterant, right? Like that, that legal change yep. to make E. coli an adulterant uh, is it's not the same with salmonella because basically Ben you're allowed to ha- but it's weird though because there have been other yeah. not ready to eat products that have been recalled right? absolutely there's something something's changed yeah. in yeah. the yeah like if we go back to um all right let me find some here like salmonella in turkey didn't we have right like yeah. a ground t- a really not this most recent one but we there was a um Let's see when we can find this. Um, 13th health alert. Jenny O's. Jenny O Turkey was recalled with salmonella. Mm -hmm. Uh, In what year is this? Hmm. Two thousand eighteen. So, so there, there's an example, right? So, our our non hundred and sixty four thousand pounds of ground turkey from Jenny O's recalled in two thousand eighteen, not an adulterant, not a ready to eat food, and there in and and led to a recall. So, why, 
Well, what's different? What's different about these two outbreaks? I don't like. I I don't know the answer to that. Except maybe the number of people sick. Maybe. And, but I think it's really interesting where it says, therefore, FSIS does not have the necessary information to request a recall. What necessary information are we looking for? Well, and I guess in that Genio recall, did they find it in the product? Maybe. Right. If that's if that's the information that FSIS needs, but they that found maybe it in, that's what's missing. I guess so. I guess so. Let me go. Let me go back to what what you're suggesting here, and maybe, and maybe I can come mm-hmm. around to 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 understand this. So finding the outbreak strain in a product that has not been identified mm-hmm. as linked to illnesses is okay, right? Right. Like the be, or not maybe not okay. It's not great, but it but it's allowed to be there. It's allowed. It's allowed to be there, um, and. But but if we find the lots, like it seems like it's just a matter of time, uh, right? Yeah. Well, so yes, I'm reading from the CDC page on this Genio outbreak. The outbreak strain was identified in samples taken from raw turkey products, raw turkey pet food, and live turkeys. Well, there you go. But I don't know raw turkey products. It doesn't say the specific raw turkey products. Right, right. So how about this? Yeah, I think so. I think that I think that's I think that's the difference is that they they need to find it in the implicated epidemiological batches, it, linked product, yeah. right? So we've got we have epidemiology linked illnesses. We have the, the outbreak strain in uh, a, a uh, the same companies maybe. We, it's not even that's not super clear by this, but in yeah. retail fa- uh, found products that that look like this. And and we need the connection between the two of them to trigger a recall. Um, so yeah, here's the here's what I'm what I'm looking for. P- the, we know people listen to this podcast that might know more about this than we do. Get a burner phone. Get me a burner mm-hmm. phone. Mm-hmm. We'll text back and forth. Uh, get you know uh, sign up for a uh, an anonymous uh, Gmail account. Uh, deep uh, deep bre- um, frozen raw breaded stuff chicken products. And and tell like I don't know like tell us a little more about this. I think I feel like I've missed something here. Like like I, I I get it. Like we're we're kind of reverse engineering this on why it's not a recall. But but what like I don't know. I first of well, all we I, could like, yeah we could email we could email Marler and he'd probably give us his his two cents. What well, there you go. We could, yeah. Because I I think honestly this is not this is lawyers. This is not science, right? Like there 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 is this is. You know, I think the right thing to do in terms of public health is to recall the product. Yeah. Um, but but there may be legal reasons why that's not happening. And, and Bill could give us insight into that. And would you so um, if if I was a retailer, I probably don't want this product on my on my shelves. Oh, for sure. Yeah, right? Get rid of it. Like I don't. Uh, yeah. So and and and, and it, or. And th- this is the part that complicates these frozen, similar to low, low moisture foods. We have a ridiculously long shelf life on this, right? So I actually kind of want to know, even though you've got a public health alert, right? Great. Alerting you, frozen raw breaded stuffed chicken products. I actually kind of want to know if I have any of these like Kirkland chicken cordon bleu, um, which is coming straight out of the, the CDC, Kirkwood's, not Kirkland, Kirkwood's. Um, chicken cordon bleu. I kind of want to know if I have that because I I don't like 
I don't maybe want to use it. Or I don't want my kid to microwave it, which I don't want my kid shouldn't be microwaving anyway. But I, I really like if I know that this is something that's going to stay in my freezer for a long time, I, I and I might not have a lot of like control over this convenience food in my family setting because a kid might just open it up and decide, oh, I want one of these. I, I want to make sure that we're managing it. So like, I don't know. This well, this so wait yeah. now. Do you you mentioned a brand though. Is that brand? Yeah, it's that a brand. Yeah, it's, it's in a, here. It's a no. It's not in the FSIS. It's in the CDC oh. one that I sent you. Oh, okay. Is that, oh, okay. That's okay. the other like crazy part of this to me. Yeah. Well, and that's the weird the difference between. Yeah. yeah. So yes, all of this. Anyway, I I, I told you this was going to take a little bit long because there's no. A, this is good. Yeah, there's a lot and, to this one. And let me, and let me, yeah. And let me also say like, again, uh, yeah, I mean, my kids are grown, but for sure there was one time when I, we are quite sure that my younger son who would come home from school and would make these kind of products for himself gave himself food poisoning because he was cooked it in a microwave, right? Which is, again, I love my microwave. I used it today, but it's (laughs) not, it should not be used for this kind of product because it, it, it does not provide even cooking. Right. Absolutely. And these are in, in, you know, frozen, raw, breaded stuffed chicken products there. Yep. It's right there. But the, the, you know, not, not to rehash old episodes about this, but the very, at the heart of the problem with these products is that they don't look raw. And, and right. it, we, you know, trying to work with consumers on, on this kind of stuff is it's not even clear to, you know, if, you, if, if they look at a box and it says, uncooked raw that makes sense right like okay got mm-hmm. it but if but if you place these products next to each other that um with one that looks with one that is fully cooked that's breaded and frozen i bet you couldn't tell the difference like like they they look almost exactly the same so yep. so if you if it if it's come out of the box if you're and often in my my fridge or my freezer we're, we're taking items out of their original packaging because, you know, three quarters of the package is empty. It's taking up space. It's a problem. It's not supporting, can't stack it anymore. So I'm taking, you know, two of these, um, six, uh, chicken breasts out of the original box, um, and placing it, it uh, just loose in there. Now all of the information's lost, right? Like, I don't know it, whether it was Kirkwood or someone else, I don't know whether it was raw or, or fully cooked. And, and I, 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 you know, I know I'm giving my example of me, but I, I got to think that I'm not just an anecdote in this, right? Like that, that this is part of the reason why we have like over and over again, seeing outbreaks re- related to these products is because of that. Like it's, it, it, yeah. So, yeah. And we'll link to, uh, we'll link to, so this, you can buy this, this kind of product at Aldi yes. and we'll link to an Aldi page. Um, which shows the package, uh, the late package label, and it looks like a delicious, fully cooked product, right? I Absolutely. Mean, it's yeah, um, yeah. And I'll, um, Don, I'll send you. It right. does say it does say in the bottom left hand corner in big blue letters, raw product. But certainly so doesn't. I guess look, there's that. Certainly doesn't look like a raw product. Not not in that picture. So. Um, we should. Oh, there's also a little thing that says raw chicken. There's a, there's some warnings on this, but. But boy, yeah, it's you have to you have to know what you're looking for. Yep, I'm gonna send you. A oh, link. did you ever did you publish that that study? 
Uh, I'm sending you the paper. No, we didn't. We didn't publish it. Well, it's in process. Um, okay. But but the good news is there is a very detailed, um, uh, a public publicly available report, uh, technical report that's on FSIS's website that is in oh, your text right now. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, and so like our big takeaways. Um, there, there actually was quite a good rate of thermometer use. Um, and in fact, people that were exposed to messages around using a thermometer for frozen items did a good job. So control group, 77 people. This was out of uh, 403 total uh, observed. So mm -hmm. um, almost 200 in the control, 197, and then 206 in our treatment. So 77% of the control group, which is like someone who, you know, uh, did not get any food safety messages, used a thermometer to check the temperature of, the, of, of both uh, uh, chicken breasts. Um, lots of participants reported reading the instructions. Um, and uh, th this is, um, like, here's the, the thing, the, I guess the biggest takeaway for me on this was, in the post-observation interviews, uh, among thermometer owners... Nearly mm -hmm. half of the participants said they do not typically use a thermometer when cooking not ready to eat chicken products at home. So they have what a percentage? Um, almost half. It was like 40, I think it was 48%. Wow. Yeah. So they have, a th these are among people that have the tool. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So that, I mean, why do we have outbreaks related to this? I mean, there's some insights. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Oh. Uh, all right. So anyway, that was that, that was uh, I, I don't know. I thought the most like that that was the food safety news the last couple of weeks that I was like, man, this is something I just want to I want to talk through with Dawn. So, uh, well, I I have something I would like to talk through with you. Oh, I, um, I think I, I can't. What this is. What's that? I think I know what this is. Oh, I bet you don't. Oh, good. Because because this is something completely different than what I think you're thinking, because this is something that only I know about. <laughs> so this is a, um, this is a, based on a, a thing that I'm working on. Okay. That I cannot tell you about. Okay. Okay. okay? And let me, so while, while I get it set up here, you saw, I sent you a link, right? Do you see the link? Uh, I do. Yes. I, I'm, yeah. I'm clicking so, on the so link. So take a minute. Take a minute and 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 peruse this that link. Okay. Can I tell Can I tell the listeners what what it um, is? Or, or well, you want? yeah. Let me let me. You set the stage. I'll read. Yeah, so let me set the stage. So I can't. I, I don't want to say too much. Okay. But I do, and I don't want to bias you in in terms of how I do this. And so let me. Uh, so what we can tell the listeners is that this is a we're send I sent you a link to a CDC web page on rodents. Okay, and so this I'm I'm very close to finding it. Um, let's see. Okay. Um. All right. So. We know that we shouldn't have rodents in um, a food preparation facility. Okay. Yes, I'm with and, you. Okay, and we also know that. Let me see if I can find this with search. Um, so, in in a facility, you know, facilities 
you know, that prepare food need to have uh, pest control plans, okay? And part of that pest control plan is to, uh, well, you can do a bunch of different things. One of the things that you can do is put down traps, okay? So um, what would you say if somebody said, well, I'm an inspector, I'm doing a... Uh, I'm doing an inspection of a facility and the company has traps for rodents, um, but there's also uh, fresh rodent feces around those traps, Mm -hmm. okay? And um, we didn't want to clean anything up or disturb those traps because the CDC says... um, Continue trapping for a week and don't disturb the traps for a week. Um, huh. What would you say to that? Huh. I do see this in this in what you sent me. Continue yeah. trapping for a week. If no rodents are captured, the active infestation has been eliminated and enough time has passed so that any infectious virus in the rodents, urine droppings or nesting material is no longer infectious. So as per the CDC, the facility was not supposed to – this is not reading from CDC. No. This, is, this is another person, okay? As per the CDC, the facility was not supposed to disturb the rodent droppings for a week. I don't think that that is what this means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is there, as, you, as you glance around that CDC webpage, mm-hmm. is there anything that strikes you? About it? Um, it's Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it does. This is a CDC website that is focused on what to do if you have rodent infestation in your home, not if it's in a um, food or commercial setting. I mean, that's the first thing, right? Exactly. This is from the National Center for Emerging and Zoonotic Infectious Diseases, Division of High Consequence Pathogens and Pathology. Okay. This is talking about... Uh, rodents in cabins, sheds, and barns, attics, basements, and crawl spaces, vehicles, air ducts. This is has nothing to do with food preparation. No. So, in, in my opinion, this is somebody either being kind of deliberately dumb or maybe just a little like, oh, gosh, we're in trouble here. We got to scramble for some reason. Yeah. So, so that's a very – interesting reason and it's in there it is like i mean you know take precautions during uh, before and during cleanup before cleaning trap the rodents to seal and seal any entrance ways continue trapping for a week so hey so you you came here to audit us we're in the midst of our trapping we got nothing <laughs> right it's it's terrible it's uh it's terrible that uh you're you're here, but I mean it's right here in in the message from or in the wording from CDC. Uh, we're we're to continue for this week. And we we spent in the last uh, in the last segment of the show we spent some time talking about lawyers. I can neither confirm nor desi- de- confirm nor deny that this has anything to do with lawyers or anything. Got it. But this looks like a lawyer <laughs> googling stuff. 
Yes. To kind of CYA a little bit to me. That's what it looks like to me. And, so and, anyway, I just, yeah. I just, I, I, I just thought I would, that's just a little, it's a little, so weird little glimpse inside my week uh, this week is um, looking at this website and trying to figure out like why it might be in this document I was reviewing. Well, so. yeah, yeah. Well, and interesting. So, I mean, I, I'm not, cause I don't know the whole, I don't know any of the situation. You just, uh, you just gave this to me, you know, the, if someone was had a, a visitor, an auditor, or you know a regulatory uh, in, um, inspection, and I, I would expect, and this is you know from experience in the food industry, you know there are rodents, right? Like like the infestation is is different, but having rodent traps out and sort of tracking what goes into those traps, seeing some um, uh, you know ro- you know mice or rat poop is not. It's not super surprising. Leaving it there and not cleaning it up is the surprising part to me. <laughs> and right? the other thing that occurs to me is like, okay, these traps have been here for a week, but these are fresh rodent yeah. droppings. So I'm thinking either they're really smart rodents or maybe a really dumb exterminator that didn't know how to set up his traps properly. Because how could that be? Well, I, I, I've got an explanation here, Don. So okay. rodent... Um, just, you know, going around doing his or her thing, right? You know, uh, hey, let me see if there's food over here. Oh, uh, there's a forklift coming. Let me scurry out of the way. Um, oh, people are here. No problem. Maybe they brought their lunch. Maybe I'll eat that. Oh, I smell something. I smell something. There's something in the trap. Oh, no, sorry. I don't even know it's a trap. There's something in that little black box there. Well, before I eat, I should probably make room for that food. So let me just have a little poop right here. And then let me go into this little box and see if I can get something to eat. I think that that's it. I just explained it. So it, well, it but, but the, the auditor no, comes right there. There were down. no rodents in the traps, as far as I know. Oh, oh, well, that's. But there was rodent droppings around the traps. That's what I don't understand. Wow, maybe it, now it goes back. Maybe went in there, got a little food. What trap wasn't set up correctly, gets out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, there's, there's some real unanswered questions here, but anyway. Don, it does say right here, CDC says to continue trapping for a week. I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> I love maybe, it. Maybe you look at a different CDC website page. Uh, uh, I do think that uh, just... They did fire the exterminator. Okay, good, good. I, I do love this website because it's there, there's the most, the oddest picture. <laughs> Woman with bleach? Woman preparing bleach solution. <laughs> Of one part bleach, ten parts water. So here's a picture of of, of an individual pouring bleach into another bottle. That's the, I I don't think that's the most. It, it, someone was making this website and going, "Wow, we need a picture. What should we do?" It's a it's a it's a poor it's a poorly lit picture Terrible. of uh, perhaps a Latino woman making a bleach solution. Yeah, it's a uh, and as opposed to the mopping with disinfectant picture, which is right below that. Mop. Which is well lit and looks like something from a brochure. <laughs> yes, yeah, right, right from a from a mopping or disinfectant brochure. Ah, oh, this is good. Okay, so that's not what I thought you were going to ask me about. No, nope. I, I you, you you maybe you know now um, what I thought you were going to ask me about. We you know uh, on um, uh, food safety talk uh, and risky or not, we have we have two websites for our two podcasts. People can send us things. Sometimes people uh, connect with us on. Um, on Twitter, um, you know, not 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 so much other places. Like I don't, not as active on 
um, Instagram as I am on Twitter. Twitter seems to be the place where we do our food safety business for the most part. At least our, so. our funny food safety business, right? Someone will send us a picture of, um, oh, I don't know, worms in, uh, in salmon. And then we, then I respond with a bunch of gifts. Like that's pretty much how I work on the internet. Um, so, but every once in a while, someone will email, uh, the food safety talk, um, uh, food, you know, um, form submission. I guess they didn't email. They, they submitted something on the uh, website. Yes. Uh, this, uh, oh man, I, it says don't reveal my name or message content on the air. Yeah. Well, it doesn't say, it's, well, I well, won't. But go. here's the thing. You, you don't, you don't have to reveal, is, is this a, is this about the, um, Ottoman? No, that's okay. a, no, this is about, um, this is, this, this is entitled Ben has fans. So, oh yes. but so someone's looking to get in touch with me about contributing to a book. Okay. And, and then it's, it's, it, it's funded. So I've never really heard about a book being funded by someone, but this is being funded by someone who does investments and is, is, is a, is a parent. And the book is about crucial parenting advice. And I hopefully haven't like blown. It's interesting up. that they know you're a parent from, from they must be fans. Yeah. Well, from this, this is the, like my favorite part of this from the extensive research I've done. It's very apparent that Ben is a leading expert on food safety and okay. would be a perfect fit for the project we're working on. We'll okay. be talking to top experts in different fields to help dads navigate fatherhood. And one topic will be about this. So I, I, you seem perfect for what they're looking for. No. Um, also, I found it hilarious that that Don is also an elite, and I will um, from the extensive research I've done, it's apparent that Don is also a leading expert on food safety and also a parent. But they didn't come uh, well, calling yeah, for you. But... No, they didn't. <laughs> no, but there's other things in here um, about practical advice, and again. I, I hope to not um, to to share too much. Um, you know, I, I think I've protected a little bit, but there's some um, uh, how-to advice on everything from how to swaddle and burp your baby to wrapping gifts to braiding your daughter's hair. There'll be 10, 10 chapters, and one of them is going to apparently be on uh, food safety. So um, oh, yeah, I, I think you probably don't have very good advice on braiding your daughter's hair since you don't have daughters. I don't, but we, I, I do have a son who I've, I, both kids have had long hair. Um, I've, I've braided one of their, one of them, their hair once. Uh, yeah. That's I, a little bit something, right? To, yeah. to, to assume that, that only daughters can have their hair braided. Yep. Yep. And my, and my, my kid currently has a mullet. So there's, there's plenty to braid. Um, so anyway, I thought, I thought this is pretty good. Uh, oh yeah. So what was our, what was our other one? Ottoman. Where was, I remember. Um, So this was, this was a comment that somebody posted to episode, uh, two, two, eight. Yes. Um, and it's, it's weird because the, the way uh, the, there's some bug, there's some bug with Squarespace and Safari that you can't read the comments. So you have to open it in Chrome. So, so we'll link to episode, uh, two, two, eight. Um, but I'll, let me first open it in Chrome so I can read it. And if you, and you see that people do often, not often, they leave us comments. Most of the time it's spam and I just end up deleting it. Um, but this is a message, um, from Janine who writes, I can't find the spot where you spoke about my LLC. 
Coco's Holistic Specialties at Apothecary and the Florida Water I created from prophylactic herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure this is the lady who we started by talking about the FDA warning letter. Oh, yeah. That, that they received. Um, and then linked to their Twitter and then to their website. And I'm I'm not I'm not sure that they're exactly picking up on what we're putting down, as Neil Young would say. No, I don't I don't think so. I don't think there's a lot of yeah. Um so, so but, I don't wanna I don't wanna provoke Coco. Um, but I do we will we won't link to her again. Not again. We'll link to, <laughs> to Coco's holistic specialties and apothecary's warning letter from FDA, which still is has contains the best the best sentence ever in a warm a warning letter. Um, it's uh, what maybe it wasn't an ottoman. What was the? It was some article of furniture. Yeah, um, it was uh, the something happened. Let's find. Let's while while we're here, let's find this exact one because it is. I I agree. I really thought it was an ottoman, but I, th- I think I thought it, I thought it was too. Bringing this up. Um, that might have been a different warning letter from that. Was day. it? Might have been. Yeah, this one was just about um, uh, lay, uh, claims. Oh, lay, uh, that's right. You can't. You can't say. St- you can't say your stuff cures COVID. COVID. Yep. Right. Yep. 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 Okay. So not the not the Ottoman one, but uh, but just uh, just magic magic powder. Right, right. And maybe it was Riverstone LLC that had the Ottoman. Yeah. Uh, there's so many good ones. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, don't do not do food preparation yeah. in your, with your Ottoman. Yeah. Jan- January, I decided to put aside her upwards of 20 different holistic plant-based product lines to focus on binge researching herbs from past pandemics, why they work, and what the similarities are there are to cv19 um yeah um so this is this is somebody yeah there were enough similarities between the transhuman variations i was intrinsically inclined to acquire the herbs i researched for the original marseille france for thieves recipe no that's the episode title isn't it yes um i next binge research a lot of binge researching going on here binge researching what antiviral herbs i could augment in to make it effective against covid19 uh, I had taken out the two herbs that made for the original external use. Um, yeah, uh, I wanted to share my COVID story. Eight women that allowed me to treat them for COVID-like symptoms. Um, anyway, so yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, f- formulated from my binge purging research, <laughs> binge research at pandemics. Anyway, uh, binge researching. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. So anyway, this is uh, this is me singing. <laughs> a lot of bit, yeah, exactly, a lot of binge re- researching <laughs> here, um, and. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I've been worried. You know, the last couple of weeks on Wednesdays when the uh, warning letters come out, there hasn't been anything super great. It's a lot of, um, you know, n- nothing as good as as that run that we had uh, for episode two twenty eight. Uh, I, f- I forget that this that, that Wednesday uh, letter day is a thing that you know and 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 like and and I, check on. I love it. Wednesday letter day, Thursday MMWR. That's I mean, those are my. <laughs> That, that, those, that's what I look for. I look forward to. In fact, MMWR, I think, dropped while we, while we were recording here. Um, so, yep, ab- absolutely. Um, uh, Don, I, just to give you a heads up, I do have a heart out at three today. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, so I just wanted to, to let you know about that. Um, 
what there was I think there was one other thing that I wanted to highlight here. Oh, okay. So um take a look at the um the food navigator article that I put in the um in the Dropbox uh on um uh, by Elizabeth Crawford. Uh, so the t- title is FDA considers quote last mile food safety concerns as consumers adopt e-commerce in delivery. Um, and so uh, this, I think this came from, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, um, Frank Giannis um, uh, from FDA, friend of ours, uh, talked uh, at uh um, uh, where was it? National Environmental Health Association, Environmental Health Australia, to mark World Food Safety Day, um, and he said the way consumers access food continues to evolve from around the corner to around the world with an ever-changing last mile. Um, before the pandemic, research indicated that online grocery shopping would have a twenty percent share of consumer food spending within the next few years. The pandemic has rapidly accelerated this trend, with one study reporting that food retailers saw online sales jump more than 300% in the first several months of the pandemic. Um, and so so anyway, the I, I, I thought this was interesting. I've never really thought about um, in, in what, what Frank talks about here, which is who owns the last mile. And so FDA is hosting a new business model summit um, in the fall to gain a greater understanding of the evolving direct-to-consumer business model and explore best ways to address potential food safety vulnerabilities. As part of FDA's assessment of who owns food in the last mile, the agency says it will educate delivery services such as the U.S. Postal Service, UPS, um, FedEx, Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, and others on the importance of proper food handling. And so I know like you um, you chaired a, a committee for the Conference for Food Protection on um, delivery and ship food. Um, you know, you and I have been going back and forth cause we've been kind of dabbling in a couple of projects in this area, but this is the sort of first time that I've seen FDA jumping into this because one of the things that came out, um, from the report that has yet to be delivered, right. The CFP report, um, is that, it's kind of a weird spot. Like some companies are under the food code and some are not. And no one, I, I don't know. There's, there's some, there's still some decision-making as to how to regulate someone like DoorDash, if at all, or, you know, Lyft, someone who's a third party delivery service who never really owns the food. And the person who sells the food may not have a whole lot of control over the delivery. So anyway, I thought this is, I, what was notable about this for me is the first time I've heard FDA talk about this in, in a public area. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? Oh, are you on, are you on mute? My dogs were barking. So oh, I was on mute. Um, sorry. So, yeah. So one of the things that FDA was considering or not FDA, one of the things that we were considering when we were deliberating on our CFP panel and we'll put a whoops, if I hadn't just deleted it, um, we will put a link to the uh, guidance document that we came up with. Um, we, at the same time, there was a GFSI document that was being developed, and and there was also uh, a, basically AFTO was working with FDA to to 
draft something. The AFTO FDA piece never went anywhere, and the GFSI document did get did get finalized. And then I will say too, another piece is that the frozen food industry is very interested in this, and so AFI has actually put together a team, um, and and that lady uh, that works for AFI um, has reached out to me and and asked me to be part of that. So I'm 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 involved with that, and so we're going to keep iterating on this. But I think I think it's interesting. Um, you know, and again, the maybe the theme of this show is 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 always you got to consider the lawyers, right? But I mean, so and and it's not just it's not just uh, like uh, delivery services; it's also meal kit services, right? And so if Blue Apron puts food in a package and puts it in into um, the mail or, or UPS or FedEx, like who regulates that? Right, right. right. Now the Blue Apron facility where the food is produced is being regulated for sure. But once it goes into the package, it's not really under anybody's jurisdiction, right? Or at least it's not immediately clear whose jurisdiction it's under, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's good that FDA is talking about this. Um, I think they're going to move slowly and deliberately. I mean, the, 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 as they always do. I mean, the, the, the one thing I keep saying over and over again is the pandemic has catalyzed things that were already happening. And so I saw a headline on some article uh, today, uh, unrelated to food, talking about that. Oh, work from home, maybe, right? Something like that. And so, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going to continue to evolve. And and certainly these kinds of operations are going to continue to be um, out there. And yeah, I mean, it's good FDA's but uh, paying attention here. Um, I, I'm not sure, not sure what the way forward is, but we'll keep feeling our way, right? Like we'll have guidance documents, we'll have committees, we'll have work groups, we'll, we'll keep plugging away, and then maybe we'll get some regulations, maybe we'll get some federal guidance, um, hopefully we'll get some more research. Um, I think there's a real room for education, right? That I mean, there's a lot of companies, I mean, and Blue Apron doesn't need our help, right? Blue, but, but boy, there's a lot of smaller, I won't call them mom and pop, but a lot of smaller operations, they sure could use our advice on how to do this safely, right? And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. It's good that we're talking about it. I think that this is a uh, this is a, this is going to be a perennial topic. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I I think it's really interesting that you know um, that Frank calls out like postal service, UPS, FedEx, right? Like folks that mm-hmm. that are in the delivery world that probably don't see themselves as food handlers, right? Like they 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 are not. They, certainly, they ship food, but food safety is not part of their world. Right. Like like they they want to make sure if it's refrigerated, it stays refrigerated. But the 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 like, you know, being receptive and open to the like, all right, here's the education piece for delivery services. If you might want to think about how you're shipping these things or handling it um, that I think that's really that's really interesting. So. So I think, yeah yeah and I, and I think I think ultimately it's not going to be up to FedEx or UPS uh, or, or the Postal Service right it's really going to be up to the companies to work with those entities yeah. right and and say and again I know you know this was we talked about this on the on the call uh, on the the CFP committee call I mean Amazon not to not to show for Amazon but they really think about this stuff and they run worst case scenarios and they they so they know what 
you know, they know what the temperature is in Texas this time of year, and they know what they can achieve and what they can't achieve. Uh, they got really good data on all those delivery companies, right? And they know uh, they know the parameters and they know the packaging, and they and they think about this and they think about it from a risk perspective. And so they're they're doing a really good job to manage that risk. And other other companies maybe not so much, right? And so so figuring out um, what where how to how to actually proceed again, guidance may be the best way. Um, at least it sure it is for now, but but yeah, anyway, it's uh, watch watch this space, right? Watch this space for further developments. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know what, what else you want to talk about. I, I want to talk about, and this is something that came in a while, um, and this is from a friend of ours, uh, Oki Okra on Twitter. Oh yeah, and this came in a while ago, and she says. Um, Eating heavy food after a pandemic, risky or not? Now, this is this is nominally for risky or not, but when we did, we have not yet talked about it on risky or not. Do you want to do a bit of a dive yeah. on this article now? Absolutely. We can always come back to it on risky or not. Yeah. So, so this is a uh, so basically in the in the we'll we'll link to the tweet thread, but we'll also link to this SF Gate uh, or SF Eater article. SF Eater. This Eater. is an article in the Eater, which is uh, from San Francisco. Well, the, this is the San Francisco edition of that, um, and so. Um, it says uh, rich food or food poisoning. The House of Prime, the House of Prime Rib, defends its beef. Starting in early April, diners have reported illness following meals at the restaurant, but the exact cause remains a mystery. And basically, the the reply or the response from um, House of Prime Rib is no. It's just that you people have not been used to eating the really rich food that we have. Um, uh, and and that's that's really what it is. It's your it's your pandemic era digestive system that doesn't know how to handle the real food that we prepare. So so uh, when people haven't gone out for a long time and they start eating heavy food, that's how they can get diarrhea. Um, uh, what do you think, Ben? <laughs> I, I think that that is a load of hooey. Uh, <laughs> um, so. In, in, okay, so so it's prime, the House of Prime Rib, um, Don, they sell a lot of prime rib, right? They do. Um, so prime rib is a, um, you know, it's a, it's a roast beef. It uh, looks like from, from their menu that there's also like au jus that, that's available with this, some gravy. Um, if you, I don't know if you looked at the, um, uh, the Instagram post that they had, there's a bunch of people who respond to this. So they, so the, the, the house of prime rib says, um, we've been privileged to serve patrons for decades without any significant health incidents. However, recently had an isolated issue with some of our prime rib, which was immediately discovered and addressed in that regard, we remain committed to the highest level of quality and service of our customers. So that came out like on May 11th. We'll come back to that in a second. This mm -hmm. article, um, came, was, uh, from May 13th. And so they had been Joe Betts, the owner was quoted a couple days later saying it was because of heavy food. Um, but if you go scroll through the, um, Insta, uh, Instagram here, um, I did appreciate the transparency. I did get mildly sick after my last visit, been a regular for a long time. I love you guys. Uh, just listening to the morning news, a flood of memories rushed back. My family and I visited several years ago and haven't been back since, 
Uh, one particular visit with my husband got so ill after the visit. Thank God my seven-year-old wasn't affected. So it sounds like, you know, um, you know, someone else said they got sick. Someone thought it was the spinach. Uh, my entire, entire family has gotten sick since our Mother's Day dinner. Still sick today. So, Don, um, the most interesting part about this is, uh, you know, I don't know. The, you, the, the challenge in doing... Uh, getting quoted for a story is that you can get misquoted or they don't tell the whole story. And the part that we don't know about is the context, but I'll, I'll highlight the quote that I think is really problematic. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yesterday, this is from uh, owner Joe Betts. He said, yesterday the department came in before and during service and I was told there's nothing wrong with what we do. We do everything right. They believe there's a possibility that when people haven't gone out for a long time and start eating heavy food, that's how they can get diarrhea. The reports of illness, that was the end of the quote, but the reports of illness have not included vomiting, according to Bats, which is an indicator of most common foodborne illnesses. So, Don, if you, I hope I'm going to lead you to the to the right spot here, um, but, but if you uh, were thinking about a particular pathogen that you know about that might be associated with roast beef and or au jus or gravy... If you had to pick one, what would you what where would what what would you think about? Uh, one that causes bloody diarrhea, much less than vomiting. That yep. What about one that doesn't cause bloody diarrhea, but does provide a lot of diarrhea that starts out as a oh. spore? Oh, clostridium perfringens. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I wouldn't expect to have any like or very little vomiting. Right. Like it's it, it's a. Um, we're, we're, we're almost always looking at a diarrheal illness there. And it's a, like, you know, a, this, this spore that gets activated during the cooking process. If there was some, um, uh, temperature abuse, and this is, this could be temperature abuse that no one sees that it's in a, um, a warming tray or, um, you know, there's some faulty piece of equipment that they're, they haven't changed anything, but all of a sudden it's just not holding temperature, um, after roasting or during roasting or whatever, I wonder if we're looking at a, a perfringens outbreak here. Well, and the other thing too, and I have we have to say a, a giant uh, shout out to I Was Poisoned, um, uh, the website I Was Poisoned, who chimed into this tweet and says we would love to hear what what you guys think. Uh, some extra stats in case it helps. The chart is based on IWasPoisoned.com data from April first through noon May thirteenth. Most people had diarrhea, some nausea, stomach pain, cramps, and vomiting, fewer, okay? Um, most common food, spinach. Next most common food, corn. Next most common food, salad bowl. Next, baked potato, then Yorkshire pudding, then mashed potato, then cake. Mm. So not even any beef, right? Uh, so this is, well... Yeah, House of Prime Rib Sides mentions person reported sick. So, so that is really interesting. What that says to me is that it might be not be the beef, right? Maybe not um, right, right. And then the the onset is uh, uh, twelve to the the most common onset is seven to twelve hours. Which you know maybe this is this might be our old friend Bacillus, right? Could, could uh, not the emetic type, but the diarrheal type. Yep, yep, absolutely. You know. Uh, there's something not right at that restaurant. I don't think it, guess. it's not the heavy. I don't food. think it's rich food. It's not. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, it's not the it's not the heavy food that they've got. And and the you know the pandemic haven't eaten a lot of heavy food. Let's have some heavy food. 
Um, oh gosh, like spinach. Although I have to say, the House of Prime Rib spinach is not just regular spinach; it is very heavy. So. Right. So this I is to say I I've eaten there. I friend of the show Merlin Mann I, uh, took us out there. Yes. Um, I. I'm not a fan. I mean, I you know, I'm I'm sure Merlin doesn't listen. Don't, please don't tell him. But I um, I like my I, you know I like my meat more fully cooked. I'm just not a fan of prime rib. I'm I'm a I'm a prime rib fan. I, I in fact hmm. was going to text him um, to see if he knew <laughs> anything about this. Um, so hey, you're from San Francisco. Do you know anything about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you, you know you know people there. Well, but he does. He talks about uh, that. He I think they they do. On one of his shows, you think he talks about going to House of Prime Rib and getting takeout every once in a while, like on a on a semi weekly basis. Then they have House of Prime Rib night, where they make yeah. the sides. Uh, yeah. They, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a listener. All sides. All the all sides. All sides. Sides all the way down. Um, uh, rich food. Am I right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, I, I you know I think I think that's probably a show. Okay. Unless, unless there was something else that you were uh, you were dying to talk about. Well, that we is there something? If there's some quick, but I don't think there's anything quick. Um, you want well, you want to talk about uh, uh, shuanella halitosis? Oh, shuanella halitosis. Yes. So this is um, uh, this is uh, from MMWR, your favorite publication. Back in and I think you put this in here, right? I did. Uh, December twentieth, twenty nineteen. Yeah, it, we put it. It was put in the Dropbox on May eighteenth. Um, but this is a man, aged seventy eight years old, was evaluated in a hospital emergency department in Flushing, New York, for right lower abdominal quadrant pain. Um, uh, turns out that he had uh, an infection with Schuanella halitosis, expialidocious. <laughs> Have you had you heard of Schuanella? an emerging human pathogen? Um, yeah, so, so uh, I had I've heard of Schuanella. I've heard of halitosis. I've never heard of Schuanella halitosis. So I, I, the reason why I put this in here is I was teaching a class to um, uh, some environmental health specialists, and I think it was in Virginia. And this this is like way inside baseball. So so one of the things that you that FDA um, sort of allows or provides guidance on how to get a, a, a variance for is a um, live molluscan shellfish tank. Okay, so you're with me so far, Don. Yep. So this isn't a lobster tank. This is a tank that y- you would get bivalve. Um, uh, mollusks out of mm-hmm. so clams and and in fact um, let me pull up the the food code because um, it has a definition I think it's clams so, oysters um, and uh, scallops maybe no there's got to be well, well yeah so while you look for that so, so shuanella halitosis is an emerging human pathogen first isolated from the abalone gut microflora in 2007 and that is why i'm talking about this because this live molluscan shellfish tank definition does not include abalone Ooh. because Abalone is a is a mollusk, right? So abalone, um, for those who who don't know about this, it's it's a it's a, a sea snail, um, and they they're I I don't think I've ever had them, 
uh, but they are uh, they are a gastropod mollusk. So so in the definition, so they the question came, what about a tank that only has live abalone in it? Does that require a variance? Do we have a process for it? And we kind of settled on one of the situations uh, that that comes up in the food code every once in a while, which is um, the definition of the mollusks that go into a live molluscan shellfish tank is probably too narrow because we weren't thinking mm-hmm. about people um, when when that was included. We weren't thinking about people wanting to have live molluscan shellfish tanks with abalone. So so regulatorily, it's it doesn't fit it. And but are there are there risks associated with abalone um, that we would think about the same way um, th- that we would see in in other um, you know, live mollusks. And, you know, that's where I found a MMWR article that says, yeah, we, we can get the Shuanella halitosis from it. But, 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 but it's really important to add this patient reported consuming raw salmon 10 days before becoming ill, but had no other marine exposures or exposure to ill contact. So it is still right. a mystery. This, this guy, so we're not saying this guy got it no. from abalone, right? Right. We're saying that he has an organism that we find in abalone and he, and he got somehow got sick from it. Maybe from salmon? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But is I thought it was like, this is the, I, the, the question that came to me was, do we know of any human pathogens that are associated with abalone? Abalone. And it was like, right. yep, found this one. Would be, yeah, this yep. would be, you found one. <laughs> And that was, and that that was it. And then, so what do we do about it? Well, unfortunately, the food code definition is too strict. We can't do anything about it. It's not a doesn't meet now. Other than like the health department is allowed to um, uh, to have some uh, discretion and add things that need a variance. Yeah. And I think that's what they they ended up doing. But yeah. if I was the operator, I would argue and say you this is outside of your your realm. It's not. I'm not putting oysters in there. I'm not putting clams. Not putting whatever the other mollusks that I can't think of and I didn't find um, in there, um, uh, but it's it's abalone, so leave me alone. It's a, yep. you don't I don't I don't need variants for it. Um, so live molluscan shellfish tanks, what uh, oysters, wow. clams? There's got to be something else that I'm missing, right? Well. While you think about that, you we have a hard out, and we still have to schedule another episode we in do. the after show. We do. We got it. Yes. Um, I'll, so Ben, Ben will find something, and we'll put it in show notes, unless we don't. That's right. Good. Okay. I think that's the show. All right. <laughs> bye. Bye. Bye.
Sorry, I forgot we had a schedule. No, no, you're pro- you're you're good. I I forgot too. Okay, so I've got that going on there. Um. Okay. So, and this we're gonna run into this same thing that I told you about the other day. So I can't do anything the week of the twenty first, which is okay because I'm gonna post. I got everything edited. I'm ready to hit go um, on the last episode, so it'll drop today. So I'll do this one next week, so we can do one the week of the 26th or 28th. 28th. Yeah, sorry. Sounds good. Um, so the week of the 28th, I have nothing at all on the 1st. It's Canada Day. Would that work? Um... I could do, yeah, I, let's do, yeah, I could do, I, I can, I can miss this. Let's do nine o'clock. Okay. Perfect. And I have other windows too, but that one, that was like the one day that is like nothing. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm holding, I'm holding some afternoons for a meeting, so. Uh, and we already are doing risky or not on Monday. Yep. So. Yep, yep, yep. Um, okay. So other update. Yes. <laughs> I found out right before we're recording that I have my like two day interview on Thursday and Friday next week. And they gave me the schedule. It includes exactly all day on oh. Thursday, including when we're supposed to give the Afto talk. So, Oh, <laughs> so I, I can't be at the Afto talk. Oh, that's cool. I think you're going to be fine. You got to let Afto know. Yeah, I'm going to let Afto know, but I tell I figured I'd tell you first. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to email them uh, as as I'm in the this defense. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So sorry for bailing on that. Oh, that's I, please. That's totally legit reason to bail. You got to do what you got to do. I got to do what I got to do, and and I don't have control over the over the schedule on this one. So, um, and I didn't want to be like, well, can I? do this talk in the middle of my interview? Cause I, I don't think that's a good idea. No, uh, it's, it's probably, you got to prioritize when that's the thing about being a department chair is you got to prioritize. And, right. and, and, uh, if you can't, if you show, if you can't show that you can prioritize, um, it's, yeah, you know, from the get go, it's not good. It's probably not going to work. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Thanks. So I'm going to no, go no run to my defense. It is getting, we're about to have a major thunderstorm cause it is crazy Ooh. dark here. Hmm. Yeah, like my I gotta turn the light on. Anyway, the the mic finally worked. Like this is this was good. So I'm I'm now fully transitioned. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that would also be a good show title. <laughs> no, I heavy food, am I right? Is the show title. I already okay, I already cool. captured that one. All right. I I captured a bunch, but heavy food am I right is pretty good. <laughs> and in fact, right, as, as I was saying it, I was like, oh, that's the show title. <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, show show note uh, links and text file with everything is coming your way shortly. And then, uh, yeah, last episode's going to post here. Um, hopefully, while I'm, um, well, we'll see. I'm in a defense, so uh, I'll do it after that. Okay. Okay. Sounds um, good. Bye. Bye. Bye.